This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back to Outdoors with me, Lawrence Gunther. Won't you come along with me and Lily for an adventure in Quebec's eastern townships? Well, Lily and I explore the mountaintops and go for rides on BMW motorcycles, Lewis will be with the other dogs on a family farm near the town of Bolton. So get out your hiking boots and helmets and come along with us for an exploration of Quebec's eastern townships. Come on, Lewis, let's go find Lily. Getting Schooled with Miss Lily. Hey, Lily. Hello. Hey, what do you think uh, this year? Instead of having Thanksgiving here, we uh, visit your sister and her fiancé, Charlie, in the Eastern Townships for Thanksgiving. It'd be nice to see them. Absolutely. You're good. <laughs> Lily, when I was your age, I still had enough sight to see the Appalachian Mountains. These are some of the oldest mountains in the world. And I could just see their outlines. But you know what? They don't look like mountains at all. They look like giant clouds that have just come and settled on the earth. You know, like half circles, half rounds. They're huge. They're almost unbelievable. And if, when you have low vision, you think, what is that? Is that a big cloud? Is that What is that? But they're giant mountains. Lily, what can you tell us about the eastern townships? Uh, they uh, lie between the St. Lawrence lowlands and the American border. Hmm. They extend from Granby in the southwest to Drummondville in the northeast. Okay. Before settlers came from Europe, the area was inhabited by the Abenaki First Nation people. Settlements by Europeans happened in three waves. First from New England, including some loyalists, then from British Isles, and finally French Canadians moved into the area from the surrounding countries and cities. In 1791, the region was surveyed under English law. It was divided into counties, which were then divided into townships. Hmm. Townships include Cleveland, Hampton, Hatley, Lingwink, Marston, Melbourne, Orford, Memphremagog, Poten, Stratford, and more. That's all very British-sounding names, isn't it? Is it ever? <laughs> I can't imagine a Quebecer living in any of those places. Well, they live there now. They, it's Quebec. How did the region get the name Eastern Townships? Uh, people think it had to do with the fact that there were the Western Townships in Upper Canada. Oh. So what's now called Ontario. Right. The Eastern Townships represented those English towns to the east. Yes. Well, that makes sense. Lily, when we go, <clears> what do you think we should explore? Oh, Okay, uh, four provincial parks are located in the area. Ski hills like Bromont, Orford, and Owl's Head are pop- Yeah, they're popular with skiers and snowboarders all winter and with hikers and mountain bikers in the summer. Check, let's do that. Uh-huh, yeah, you want a mountain bike. Great idea. <laughs> um, I want to go on a mountain. The region is also loaded with small lakes and rivers. The three bigger lakes are Brome, Memphremagog and Megantic. They are all popular places to go boating, fishing, tubing, and swimming, or check out any of the over 130 festivals and major events that take place throughout the region each year. That's a lot of festivals. Yep. But instead of the mountain, let's go fishing. No, I'm kidding. Oh, yay. <laughs> yay, fishing. Another time. Lily, I skied Mount Bromont before, and it's huge. 
I tell you, it's nothing like the ski hills around here. Our, yeah. our, it makes our ski hills look like little cliffs. They kind of are, but... <laughs> I know. I come down the mountain, and I, I, I'm skiing and skiing and skiing, and then I stop, and my guide says, why are you stopping? I said, we must be getting close to the end. He goes, oh, no, you're only about a quarter of the way down. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. A few other major attractions make the region a sought-after destination. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Kodakuk, you'll find... Forest Illumina. Oh. A short one-mile night walk through a forest filled with music, lights, and videos. The walk lets you soak up the old mythology about the origins of Quebec in the forest. Well, that sounds amazing. I know. I want to go there. Oh, yeah. Another uh, unique thing to do is the Astrolab, uh, an observatory found in Montmagansic Provincial Park. The Astrolab is a place to enjoy and learn about the night sky while the observatory is home to a 1.5 meter telescope. That is Canada's most powerful. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it doesn't sound that big, does it, compared to all those other ones around the world, but it's in Canada. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, we got one. Uh, if you visit at night, the area is actually the world's first dark sky preserve, meaning there is little to no unnatural light to impede your views of the starry night sky. Yay, Canada, we started the trend. Yay. That's cool. <laughs> Lillian, it all sounds so amazing. I can't wait to go and see Mimi and Charlie and, and check out the dogs, too. The dogs. And the motorcycles, of course. You oh, can't yeah. forget the motorcycles. Oh, yeah, the motorcycles, yeah. Don't be scared, Dad. You can hold on to, you can hold Charlie's hand if you're really scared on no, the motorcycle. I'll just wrap my arms around him. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Don't be scared. I'm not. I'm not. Time for the bucket list. This episode's bucket list starts with my climbing aboard a 1200 BMW for a ride in Quebec's outdoors. We're heading to Freshburg to pick some apples. Okay, where am I hanging on? Uh, yeah. To what? Here, Dad. Yeah? Give me your other hand. Where? Okay. Oh, that, that little handle there? Okay. Yeah. You don't need to hold on, but like at the beginning you'll want to. I will become one with the bike, my friend. Don't force anything. Don't lean. Don't just go. No. What feels natural, you'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know if something's wrong, but it should be all right. Okay. You're not the first one uh, that gets on my bike. <laughs> <laughs> so what's this town we're going to again? Frelishburg. Get some apples. We're just waiting for the rest of the gang to pile up into the trucks. Yeah. slows down or changes gear, I don't move forward and bang my helmet into his. It's hard not to do, but my helmet's a little bit higher than his. He's blocked by the windshield mostly. I'm getting a bit of that wind in my face, so I've got the full screen helmet on. It's a little noisy, but it's keeping the bugs and the rocks out of my eyes and face. When Charlie goes around a corner, 
I lean with the bike. I don't fight it. I don't force the lean. I just become part of the bike. That way Charlie can maneuver the bike as he needs to. For him to go around a corner, he first has to steer in the wrong direction. So if he's turning left, he has to do a little right turn to get the bike to lean to the left. And then he quickly turns left with the handlebars as we're leaning left still. Because if you try to turn without leaning the bike first, it just goes straight. The smells are amazing. I can smell someone burning leaves and it's like it's right beside me, but it's gone just as fast. As I'm not in a cab of a vehicle, the smells come and go just as quick as we're driving. The air is fresh. It's about 20 degrees outside. I'm wearing jeans, some wool socks, my hiking boots, a few layers and a windbreaker up top. Zip right up to my neck's covered. I've got some leather gloves on, so I'm comfortable. I wish we had some headphones so we could communicate, but you know what? I think there's so much noise in my helmet, I wouldn't hear them anyways. Oh. Slowing down. Lots of turns on these twisty roads in the eastern townships, but they're all paved and they're in reasonably good condition. Oh, we gotta get some gas. Charlie's adjusted the suspension through the computer on the bike to let it know that there's two of us on the bike. But even still, it leaps over every big bump like a gazelle. on this bike. No reverse. Woohoo! You know, I know everyone does this to look at the colors and see the scenery. You know, 360 degrees, no obstacles uh, preventing you looking at all this. But you know, you can say just the same about the smell. There's nothing preventing all these smells from coming at you from all directions. It's amazing. We've arrived. I wonder how many other people are here picking apples. We're here pretty early though. I think we're, uh, it's 10.30, so we probably beat the crowd from Montreal. Let's find a place to park. Let's see. That took 57 minutes of joy. All right, oh, very good, very good. Off with the lid. Hey Charlie, thank you so much my friend. You're welcome. It was a very smooth ride. Yeah, 
it was. Lots of nice corners. Yep. And uh, I was trying to be one with the bike. You did great. <laughs> ah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. It's, uh, you know what, what I noticed? The smells, right? You know when you're driving a car, you smell things outside a little bit. Yeah. But on a bike, you smell everything. Especially with this season, with the farms we were crossing, all the apple and everything. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it was great. Leaves burning. Yeah. I even smelled some fried chicken back there. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta find nose. <laughs> we gotta go back. <laughs> Bonjour. Bonjour. J'ai un billet pour deux par deux sacs. Merci beaucoup. Merci. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm in the tree here, reaching up for some apples, some Spartans. Yeah, there's uh, those two look nice. Uh, this one's nice size. Oops, one hit the ground. I picked one and one hits the ground. Oh, there's a big one. That's the size of a baby head. They're just almost falling off the tree, but there's so many. Oh, there's two beauties. Okay, I got a ladder here. I'm going up the ladder. We found this ladder. I'm up four, four steps. And let's see, feel around. Oh, there we are. Here, Lily, catch this apple. Here, ready? Yeah. Catch. Oh, not even close. Come on. That's it, there's no more around me. All right, hang on. Okay, I'm gonna taste this Spartan I just picked here. That's delicious. So sweet and crisp and fresh. Mm -mm. It's now Lily's turn to get on the bike as we head from Mount Orford to go up the mountain and have a mountaintop picnic. So Lily, you looking forward to your first ride on a motorcycle? It's not my first ride on a motorcycle. No? When did you have your first ride on a motorbike? When I was like five with Grandpa. Oh, on his Harley Davidson. Yeah. Oh yeah, so that was a while ago. Now 10 years later. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And this is a BMW. Even nicer. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy Lily, we'll catch up with you later. Was that? I don't understand why we have cars. <laughs> well, you think they have a, a motorcycle that would take all four of us? I don't know why four. I think me and mom can go anywhere just fine. <laughs> so you're gonna get your motorcycle license now? I don't, I'm not allowed, but I will. <laughs> so two thumbs up, I'm here. Yes, five and thumbs up. Looking around at all the scenery, we were going through some beautiful areas with mountains and all the colors. Was it more amazing sitting on a motorbike? Oh my god, yes. Yeah, eh? There's no comparison. You're really more experiencing the uh, the, the scenery when you're... Motorcycle better than car. Yeah. Of course, it's sunny out, no rain, perfect temperature. I don't know, I think this would be great even in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> that's how great it was. And here comes another one. That sounds like a Harley coming. It's a dirt bike, Dad. This one? Well, it's one dirt bike, one Harley. Hey Lily, where are we? We are about to go on the chairlift in Mount Orford. So many people around. Holy mackerel, what a popular location. I think everyone from Montreal is here. We're in the queue. Are we next, Lily? Yes, we're next. Alright. Six in a chair. Okay. Oh, oh wait, no. We have to wait for the gondola. So there's gondolas and chairs, eh? Yeah. Are the gondolas closed over? Are they like a cabin? Yeah. All right. Okay, there's a little ledge. Little edge. Yeah, get up. Uh, lip. Stand on this. Yeah. Okay, it's coming up behind us? Yeah, yeah, it's coming really slow. All right, count me down. Okay. One, two, three. 
and we're on. Oh, I can't put my stick there, it'll fall out. I was going to put it behind me and it would have fallen on the ground. I'd never get it back. Oh, there's a footrest. It's a real ski lift. Yeah, yeah. There's so many people back there. Are we uh, under trees? I don't feel the sun anymore. No, no, we're, but we're in a little, like, valley. Okay, oh, I, I feel the sun again. Yeah, there we are. And they got a live band? Yeah, yeah, it's a live band. You know, we could just hike up here, you know. You can hike down too. Yeah. But hiking down's harder on your knees. I think this mountain is it's a big hike. It's that big? It's, yeah, it's huge. I'm used to like Camp Fortune no, size. No, 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 this is bigger than Camp Fortune. It's like so high I can barely even see the top. No way. Yeah, yeah, it's high. Mount Orford. The people with hiking sticks are there to hike to the top. 700 meters up. Wow. We're taking the, the walking path on the top of the mountain, going somewhere. Where's my dog when I need him? Apparently you're not allowed to bring dogs up ski lifts. Hard on the dogs. Lily, what are we looking at? Uh, you can see Vermont in the back, like all the mountains of Vermont, and there's a lot of isolated lakes, and you can see the highways. Can you see uh, Lake Memphrey Magog? Yeah, right there. Oh, that's the big one, eh? Yeah, it's pretty big. It's bigger than the other ones. It is. Yeah. And can you see the colors up here, all the colors? Yeah, but they kind of started to fade into one, like kind of like with watercolor. Because we're so high up? Yeah, and it's foggier. It's foggy. A little, well, a little bit foggy. So we're above the clouds. Uh, yeah, we're like with the with the clouds. My ears pop coming up here. Yeah. Same. Time to have a little mountaintop picnic. Lily, where are our sandwiches from? What's that mean? Uh, rumored hunger. Mm. They're really good. Where's my apple juice from? Um, it's from. Heritage 77 from Frelishburg, the town Frelishburg. That's right near where we are now, isn't it? Yeah, it's like four minutes away from Bolton. Lily, what do you think? No, We're going no, no, down. No, I don't like going down. It's a long way down, eh? Yeah. It's a too far yeah. down? Yeah, it's too far down. <laughs> okay, talk to me about the colors. Red, orange, green, and yellow. That's it? Some brown. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of trees are they? Pine trees? I don't know. <laughs> you better. Outdoor tips and tech. Weekends in the eastern townships involve long motorcades of motorcycles and three-wheelers. Everyone's coming to the region to enjoy the beauty of the area. A big motorcade of bikes going by. How many bikes, Lily? I'm thinking at least 50 motorcycles just went by. I wonder why some people prefer a three-wheeler over a traditional motorcycle. I asked Charlie. 
Charlie, you, you have a whole collection of motorcycles. You race motorcycles, you fix motorcycles, you have businesses that help people fix their motorcycles. What is it about motorcycles that attracts you to them so much? The feel of it, just the feel of leaning in the curve, the power, the wind in my face, uh, the sun being outside, speed, uh, yeah. I just love the sound of it. Everything about it is great. <laughs> so what do you think about electric bikes? I mean, they're coming. Are, are you yeah, going to be a fan? I don't know. I'll have to try one. I think the power-wise, I'm going to be a huge fan because it's direct, instant power. Yeah. Um, but i I got to be honest, I love the sound of an engine. The vibration of the motor through the seat. And, yeah, yeah, but I think long term is, uh, yeah, it's going to be, they're going to be everywhere, just like the cars. I'm sure they're going to find a way to get the feel of a regular bike with the electric bike. Do you think they'll be easier to drive? Yeah, it's going to be more like a, like a small scooter for uh, teenagers. Less thing to think about, but it's not hard to drive a bike. It's just once you get the feel of it. It's, uh... So a lot of people put these big exhaust systems, these wide open exhaust systems on their Harley Davidsons and they and you say, well, why are you making your bike so noisy? And, and, and they tell you, well, people hear me coming. But that's not going to be the case with an electric bike. No, that's a, that's an issue, honestly. Find a way to make it loud. It sounds weird, but it might just just so people know you're there. People say it's for loud exhaust, so people know you're there. It's 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 a good reason, but it's more the, of an excuse because uh, uh, there's a, a mechanical reason why people put some bigger exhaust because it's less restriction, easier for the engine to breathe. It's, it really helps the engine and the, the bike to run better. More power. Uh, not just power, just runs better. Charlie, talk to me about these three-wheeled motorcycles. What are their advantages and disadvantages? Uh, the first thing, it's not a motorcycle, it's a three-wheeler. That's, <laughs> that's a big difference. To me, it's only a disadvantage because, uh, I mean, you've got the bad things of motorcycle that you're affected by the weather. If it's raining, then you'll be wet. Uh, if it's cold, you'll be cold. And then you don't have the pleasure of riding motorcycles because you can lean in curves. And It's like a three-wheeled car without a body. Yeah, two wheels in the front, one wheel in the back. It's a safe device, let's put it like that. So they lean out when you're going around a corner like a car. They don't lean in like a motorcycle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And why do people buy these? I think it's people that used to ride motorcycles that um, can't ride them anymore because they, they might get older, they might have an injury. Uh, so you, the big thing is that when you stop, let's say at a stop sign or a light, you don't have to put your feet on the ground and carry the weight of the bike. Just you don't feel the weight of the machine. So if you had leg issues or back issues exactly. or maybe you couldn't use your legs, uh, it would be a great option. There you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I think like it's it. like a convertible. It's pretty much a convertible car. Yeah. Just, uh, Missing a wheel, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but the one big fat wheel at the back with all the power. Yeah. I mean, it must be tempting to race the engine and spin that back wheel. There's a lot of sensors so that the wheel doesn't spin, so that the wheel don't go off the ground. It's a, it's really safe. Yeah. I think I think that's one of the big things. People that want to ride with their buddies that own motorcycles but are afraid of motorcycles or have injuries and stuff like that. I think it's just really safe. This year I wanted to try cooking a turkey in a deep fryer. It took 10 liters of canola oil and a giant propane burner. We first put the turkey in the pot and filled it with water. We removed the turkey and then I measured how much water was left in the pot. We removed that water, dried the pot and refilled it with canola oil to the same level. We dried the turkey and then we fired up the propane burner. 
Once the oil reached 350 degrees, we slowly lowered the turkey into the boiling oil. Careful not to let the temperature of the oil drop below 325. We also had to make sure it didn't go over 375 degrees. Keeping it in that range of temperature is essential to make sure the turkey doesn't soak up too much oil if it gets cold or the pot blows up if it hits over 400 degrees. I'm not sure about that, but they warn you. That's the sound of a giant turkey cooking in 10 liters of canola oil out behind the tailgate of my pickup truck. We're having deep fried turkey for Thanksgiving. 42 minutes later, the turkey's cooked. We did all this outside on the grass. Time to bring the turkey into the house and enjoy a feast. You have a little bit of white on the Okay, okay sure. Dinner included fresh vegetables, mashed potatoes, the turkey of course, some gravy and stuffing, which was not made in the turkey, and a homemade apple pie featuring apples right from the region. Of course, we had to include the vanilla ice cream. There's nothing more special than getting together with family for a great dinner. Great food, fantastic company, perfect weather, and amazing outdoor adventures in Quebec's eastern townships. I can't wait to go back. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit me at lawrencegunther.com to keep up to date on my blogs and videos. Subscribe to get the latest episodes of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther by visiting your favorite podcast provider. And please take some time to rank us and give us some comments on your podcast provider's site so other people will learn about our new show. Send me your feedback, suggestions, and questions on email at feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at AMI-audio. I want to thank Nazreen Abdel-Majid, Sam Robinson, and Paula Deneen. They're my technicians. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.